As you start your reading for this class, keep in mind the Old or New Testament may have a lot more to say about one specific topic than the other. For example, the Old Testament doesn't speak of resurrection much, but the New Testament speaks of it a lot. This, in part, has to do with God's progressive revelation. First. A death. Death was not part of God's original creation as recorded in Genesis 1-2. But because sin entered, death entered creation, through the fault of Adam, Genesis 3, Romans 5. Everyone will die because of sin, Ezekiel 18 4, 20. We are all guilty of sin, so therefore we all will die, Romans 1-3, because of our own personal sin, and the impact of sin within our world. Death is the consequence of sin. 1. The Old Testament. Death is referred to in other cultures of the ancient Near East, from Egypt, to Babylon, to Samaria and more. As mentioned, God through the prophet Ezekiel said, the soul that sins shall die. Everyone will die. It goes back to the Garden of Eden, when God warned Adam not to eat of the tree or he would surely, or certainly die Genesis 2:17. Death is woven throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the genealogies. 2. The New Testament. There are more details given about death in the New Testament. Romans 2:12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. Romans 5:12-14, 17. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all mankind, because all sinned. 13. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. 14. Nevertheless death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. 17. For if by the offense of the one, death reigned through the one, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 21-22, For since by a man death came, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15 54-57, But when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this mortal puts on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death has been swallowed up in victory. 55 Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? 56 The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. 57 But, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Application, many fear death, and for those who do not know Jesus, rightly so. But for the Christian, we should not fear death itself, though we may fear the way we will die. Don't let the fear of death keep you from living life. Don't be foolish of course, but if you have turned from your sin and put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, your best life is yet to come. Don't walk around being afraid, for that is not living. Be Resurrection. What is resurrection? Put simply it is coming back to life in the body that died. 1. The Old Testament. The writers of the Old Testament did not have a full understanding of resurrection, though there are some references. Here are a few verses. Job 19:25-27. Yet as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, He will take His stand on the earth. 26 Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I will see God, 27 Whom I, on my part, shall behold for myself, and whom my eyes will see, and not another. This is the only specific and clear reference in the Old Testament to a personal resurrection. Even though Job's friends didn't seem to refer to this, Job did. Psalm 49:15. But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for He will receive me. Selah. 
Though a physical resurrection is not specifically mentioned here, it is understood that Sheol, or the place of the dead, was not the final destiny of the psalmist. He was looking forward to something better. Things were expounded more within the prophets. Isaiah 26:19. Your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy, for your dew is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Ezekiel 37 11-14, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the entire house of Israel, behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. 12 Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Lord God says, Behold, I am going to open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. 13 Then you will know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. 14 And I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life, and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Dash the Valley of Dry Bones Passage. Daniel 12 2, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. The prophets referred to resurrection in various ways. Though Ezekiel referred to the spiritual state of Israel, this passage, with Isaiah and Daniel led to the belief of a corporate resurrection, or a resurrection on the final day. This can be seen in Martha's response to the death of Lazarus and Jesus' conversation with her in John 11:24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. 2. The New Testament. Naturally, the New Testament fleshes out this idea. Pun fully intended. Why? Because of the resurrection of Christ. Rather than go through and explain every verse, as above, here are some verses that deal with resurrection. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20-21, Acts 1 1-11, Romans 8 11, 1 Corinthians 15, Philippians 3 10 to 11, 20 to 21, Hebrews 11 35, 1 John 3 2, Revelation 1 18, 20 to 6, and many more. See judgment. 1. The Old Testament. From creation we learn that though God is full of love, compassion, and mercy, He is also a God of judgment. Adam, Eve, serpent learned it in Genesis 3. The world learned it in the worldwide flood of Noah's day in Genesis 6 9. The world learned it again in Genesis 11, when God confused everyone's language. Pharaoh and the nation of Egypt learned it in Exodus. The nation of Israel learned it repeatedly in the book of Judges and throughout their history as God brought Gentile nations to rule over them, Assyrians, Babylonians, Medo-Persians, Greece, Rome, and others, as seen in 1 Kings, 2 Chronicles and the Prophets, particularly during the day of the Lord. 2. The New Testament. God's judgment or wrath is reiterated in the New Testament. While there is more of a focus on His love, mercy, patience and grace, the fact is, God will judge those who reject Him and rebel against Him. Some examples include Matthew 23, where Jesus pronounces woes on the religious leaders in Israel, which was judgment. Jesus warned of the judgment to come in Matthew 24-25, Mark 13, Luke 21. The Apostles warned of God's judgment in and specifically in Acts 2, Peter warned the people. Paul warned the Greek philosophers of God's coming judgment through Christ in Acts 17. The other writers of the New Testament warn of God's judgment throughout the letters too, Romans 1-3, 2 Thessalonians 1-5, Hebrews 10-26-27, 1 Peter 4-17, and more. Then there is the book of Revelation that gives more specifics about God's wrath to come. There is no question that God judges. Application, part of the problem with many church leaders today, 
is that they never talk about the wrath of God, or His judgment falling on those who reject Christ. While His judgment should not be the only topic discussed, any pastor, Bible teacher, church leader or church that does not warn people of God's judgment is not being faithful to the Word of God. If you are in a church that never talks about God's wrath or His judgment upon the wicked, get out and find a new church. D. The Afterlife. 1. The Old Testament. There are some references about the afterlife within the Old Testament. However, there is not much said about it. There are only hints of the grave. Shoal, or place of the dead within Jewish theology in the Old Testament. There is mystery and fear surrounding the beliefs within Judaism during that time. It was not until the intertestamental period that the concept of the afterlife became more pronounced. This was partly due to the influence of Greek thought, and the persecution under Antiochus Epiphanes in the 160s BC. 2. The New Testament. Much more is said and explained in the New Testament regarding what happens after someone dies. The views in Old Testament Judaism were still there, but again more explained and had changed some as reflected in the New Testament. One prominent view is found in the story, some call a parable, of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16 19-31. A rich man lived in luxury, while a poor man, Lazarus, begged. They both died. Lazarus was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. This was part of Hades or the place of the dead for the righteous. The rich man died and went to Hades, or the area of torment and flames, or the place for the unrighteous. Between them was a gulf fixed, so one could not travel from one side to the other, though speaking was possible. There are various Greek words for hell in the New Testament, with slightly different meanings. Hades, as mentioned was the general place for the dead, and is the word most often used for the location of the dead. Gehenna is another word and is used twelve times in the New Testament. It is based on the Valley of Hinnom, where in the Old Testament the Jews offered their children to Moloch, 2 Chronicles 28-3, Jeremiah 7-31. Later in Jewish history, it became a garbage dump as well as the dumping ground for dead animals, and bodies of criminals, because there was a constant fire burning. Jesus used this as an illustration of what we understand as hell in Matthew 5-22, 10-28, Mark 9-43-35, Luke 12-5, and in James 3-6. Tartarus is another Greek word used and referred to as the place of punishment for fallen angels. This is used in 2 Peter 2-4, Jude 1-6 and Matthew 25-41 as well as other Jewish apocalyptic books such as the Book of Enoch, Book of Jubilees and more. Application, Hell is a real place where people go who have not given their life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. It is a temporary place and those who have rejected Christ will suffer in flames. However, Hades will be cast into the lake of fire one day, and that will be the final place where the resurrected dead will be forever. One way to ignite our passion to share the Gospel is to remember that those who die without Christ, do enter an eternity where they will suffer God's wrath. Heaven is also a real place. It is not just a place, but it is a person. For to be absent from the body is to be present or at home with the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5 8. Philippians 1 21-24 also state that when we die, we immediately go into the presence of Jesus. However, the current heavens and earth will be purged of sin in the day of the Lord and God will make a new heavens and new earth, Isaiah 65 17, 66 2 Peter 3, 13 meters Revelation 21 1 where righteousness dwells and there will be no more sin, no more curse, no more pain, and no more tears, Revelation 21 3-5, 22-3. Scripture is very clear. There are only two options for eternity, heaven or the lake of fire. That is it. We do not cease to exist after we die. There is no soul sleep, which is a misunderstanding of the figure of speech for the dead. There is no purgatory. 
There is no becoming one with the universe. There is no annihilation. There is only eternal, conscience existence with God and His grace, or God and His wrath. I want everyone to read this article. Article 1, https colon slash slash zionshopacom.wordpress.com slash 2022 slash 03 slash 17 slash God's presence in the lake of fire slash e return of Jesus and end times. Now we come to what everyone was probably wanting to start with. The end times as we think of it in reference to the return of Jesus. 1. The Old Testament. The Old Testament has many prophecies and references to the day of the Lord, as mentioned, which is a time of God's wrath against Israel, the Gentiles' nations, and the world. It was also a time when God's sovereign rule would be accepted by all. In addition, there is also hope and restoration promised to the Jews. One cannot read any of the prophets and not recognize that God will judge, but He will also bless. We must remember that Messiah had not arrived yet. They were anticipating His arrival and believed, in general, that He would overthrow their oppressors and set up His kingdom, where He would rule, and reign in Israel would live in peace and safety. One factor that important to understand is that the Jews viewed the end times and coming of Messiah from a national perspective, not a personal one. They were not individualistic as we are in the West. The promise of the Davidic Messiah was still a major part of their expectations for the end of the age. Some have said that there are more prophecies about the second coming or advent of the Messiah than the first coming or advent, and this is true. 2. The New Testament. Again, there is much more said in the New Testament regarding the return of Jesus the Messiah and the end times. There is no way we can cover all of the verses. It should not surprise us of course. Nearly every book of the New Testament says something about the return of Jesus, what will happen, what the world will be like at His return and the events of His return. These include Romans 8 19-22, 1 Corinthians 15 20-58, Ephesians 1 9-10, 1 Thessalonians 4-5, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2 Timothy 3 1-7, 2 Peter 3, 3-18, Revelation. F. Different views of the millennium and the end times. I'm going to tell you something that will shock you. Are you ready? There are different views of the end times. I know. I will give you a moment to catch your breath. This too is a major study in itself. I'm not going to go into detail here about every view and the sub-views within the major views, etc. That is a very interesting study and I encourage you to study other views, so that you can come to your own conclusion and convictions about what the Bible says about the second coming of Christ. Here are a few basic views that are the foundation for most of the variations, and it has to do with the 1000 years mentioned in. Revelation 21-3, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. 2 And he took hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, 3 And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he would not deceive the nations any longer, until the thousand years were completed, after these things he must be released for a short time. This one thousand year period is known as the millennium, because it means one thousand years. There are three views, 1. Amillennialism, 2. Premillennialism, and 3. Postmillennialism. Every view of the end times is connected to this. A related topic is the kingdom of God, for the kingdom and the millennium are tied together within each view. 1. Amillennialism. The basic idea for this view is that the 1000 years is figurative and not literal. In Greek, when you put an A in front of a word, it negates it. Therefore, those who hold to the amillennial view, deny that a literal millennium exists. This view dates back to the early church, most often after one of the early church fathers, Origen, 185-253, to 
who was from Alexandria, Egypt, who championed an allegorical method of interpreting the Bible. So, this view really had its origin, again, pun fully intended, in at the end of the 2nd, or beginning of the 3rd century AD. This was passed down to Augustine, then to Catholicism, the Protestant reformers, and others. This does not mean however, that everyone embraced this view. 2. Premillennialism. Those who did not embrace amillennialism held to what is known as premillennialism. This is the belief that Jesus will return prior to the 1,000 years. Most believe that he will set up his kingdom and rule, from Jerusalem during that time. Church history does not call it premillennialism however until later. Historically, this was known as Chiliasm. Those who embraced this view were known as Chiliasts. There was a resurgence with this view in the early 1800s, which transitioned to the fundamentalist movement of the early 20th century in America. Today, premillennialism is most prominent in evangelical churches, and specifically Baptists, Charismatics, Pentecostals, the Brethren, and non-denominational churches around the world. Within this view is the popular teaching of the rapture of the Church, the coming of the Antichrist and false prophet, the seven-year period commonly called the Tribulation, the abomination of desolation, where the Antichrist sets himself up and demands worship in a temple in Jerusalem, the return of Christ and his 1,000-year rule from Jerusalem as king. There are various views on the timing of these events within premillennialism too. 3. Postmillennialism. Postmillennialism is the doctrinal belief that Christ will return after, post, the millennium and usher in the eternal state with the final judgment of men and angels. It is opposed to premillennialism, which holds that Christ will return before, pre, the millennium. Many variations exist within postmillennialism in the concept of the nature of the second advent of Christ and the nature of the millennium itself. Postmillennialism sometimes almost merges with amillennialism, and yet in other forms is quite distinct. 1. This view states the Church will usher in the millennium with the preaching of the Gospel. Lives will be changed so much, that Jesus will return to a wonderful utopia. This was held by many, though after World War II, it has declined quite a bit, though some still embrace it. There are various views within each of these. It is important to understand that each of these views are acceptable within Christendom. There are genuine Christians who hold to the views above, even if you don't agree. Whichever view you hold to, there are a few questions that you need to answer, for yourself. Why do I believe what I believe about the end times? Do I believe this because I was told, or because I have looked at the Bible verses in context? How is my belief shaping my life today and making me a better witness for Jesus? How is my end times view drawing me closer to Christ and becoming a more fruitful disciple, who is discipling others? Am I ready for Jesus to return, and do I long to see Him? The chart gives a summary of the various views of the end times held within the Church today. This shows how much of a variety there is regarding the return of Jesus. However, within historic premillennialism, Israel was slash as relevant, at least to most. From, Four Views of the End Times, Rose Publishing Pamphlet, 2009, p. 7. One time when I was in Israel, I shot some video devotionals. This one has the Mount of Olives in the background. I want everyone to watch this video, 1 minute 15 seconds. Video 5, https colon slash slash youtube.b slash dza bmjgum. List equals p.l. 4s jiwu 5 egg 0 m 5 ket kirkskers okhcl, video devotional, The Return of Jesus, Dr. Michael Weiss. Note, I do not embrace the end times view the speaker has in the video below, but he gives a good summary. I want graduates to watch this. Video 6, https colon slash 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 10s 47 d7c, 
an overview of the different major eschatological views, 18.5 minutes, from the amillennial view of Revelation. Just in case you are wondering what my view is. I am premillennial. I want to leave you with one verse, John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Regardless of your view, Jesus is coming again, and he will resurrect all who have trusted in him, by faith alone, because of God's grace alone. In this we can rejoice. Dash. 1. John F. Walverd, Postmillennialism, Bible.org online, home page online, available from https colon slash slash Bible.org slash series page slash 2 Postmillennialism, Internet, accessed May 12, 2022.